Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hometown Hero Hour. I am your host, Captain Spartacus. And I am Handsome Jay. And with us in the studio today, we have a longtime friend of mine, Tara Kolunga, uh, local transgender woman and novelist author. You're going to talk to us today about a lot of her writing and inspirations, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really, really excited. So. She already has more titles than me. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we have right there. Handsome Jay, our sometimes guest. And... Novelist. Yeah, Novelist. right. Transgender. Activist. Right. Smart person. Right. For my the friend of 20 two, years. So The last two activists and smart persons, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get uh, into interviewing her and talking with her a lot about, uh, with a lot of her writing and inspiration. And it's going to be a lot of fun. First, as usual, though, we have some news information items that we want to get to. The first one is that World of Warcraft is celebrating its 15-year anniversary of being a thing. Yay! Huzzah, which is great. I feel super old. Yeah, right. I played since vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played since probably uh, mid to late vanilla. Mm. Because when I first started playing, Handsome Jay and I shared an actual account. And if he was on at another place doing a raid and I logged on, it would kick him out and the way raid would wipe and i would get a very angry text well, message I, I wasn't i wasn't that vital but yes it <laughs> it, it definitely was an issue though yeah <laughs> it was an issue but yeah. if he was on i couldn't be on and that was a problem sometimes so that's actually when i started waking up at six o'clock in the morning so that i could play warcraft for an hour before i had to go to school or whatever and i was i got really good at that I don't, I don't know if I remember that or if you never told me. No, but. I did it sneaky on purpose so that you wouldn't try to fight me for the one home computer that we had. Awesome. Uh, uh, but since then, we've split accounts, though they're still linked. It's a little bit of a weird situation. Yeah, it's it's one they can't fix. Uh, we've tried multiple times. Right. We accidentally linked them when they should have split. I was just trying to help them activate it, and somehow it linked it, but uh, can't split it. So it's fine. We share mounts and pets. Yeah, it's amazing. Diff- yeah, and achievements, but yeah. different accounts technically. Yeah, they're te- so we can both be on at the same time now, but anytime Handsome Jay buys a mount, I also get it. Or like when he farms a mount in the world, I also get it. It's amazing. Like I don't the, have to do any of the work. Like the Lucid Nightmare mount that took me like eight hours to get, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I have it. Hey, I'm like, you know what, bing. buddy? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no work. You're welcome. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> so anyway, so they have uh, new exclusive mounts, well, exclusive like they're on any other gaming platform. Well, they're just no. anniversary mounts. They are, and they're probably limited time because of that. So they are alabaster mounts. There's a griffin and a wyvern wyvern. However you say that, Wyvern. it doesn't matter. Wyvern. Wyvern in some parts We're of the We're going to say Wyvern because I'm 90% sure that is incorrect. So you can get an Alabaster Wyvern, and uh, at the risk of them looking too plain to me, they do look like they're made out of stone, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I wish you could paint them yourself. It's like one of those projects you oh, get, man. and like it's like, here, you may paint this with your own paintbrush. Right, you go get like a little white sculpture from the from the craft store, and then you can you can paint it. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? That'd be, that'd be awesome. Customized I mounts. I don't know how they would do that, but I if it's anyone like could, it would be Blizzard. Like for your, your character. Only That's it's, true. It's with the mount, right? You can just choose the different colors for the color different screen. sections or something right that would be really really cool blizzard if you're listening to this which we know you are um <laughs> please take this into consideration <laughs> yeah you can take it for free we won't even yeah, we won't even want, charge you for it don't want credit no uh so alabaster mounts pretty cool um yeah blizzard does in-game rewards for for some of their stuff mostly like holidays and things i don't know if they're doing anything in-game for their 15th anniversary but you usually get some kind of present that's, and yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's the anniversary token that explodes and you get fireworks. And, hey, fun. And sometimes they'll give you like, oh, here's this 
like I think they had the inflatable sword. Inflatable and sword. Shield. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you could like it's like the inflatable Thunder Fury sword, which didn't really count, but made it look like it. Yeah. So oh, it was, was it just a transmog? Yeah. Well, no. It was, it was a. It was just like a toy kind of thing that you oh, click on and oh, it yeah, turns sure. your sword into the Thunder Fury. Sword. <gasps> That's cool. Less bladed Windseeker. I like that. Okay. And the uh, next information that we have. Oh, hold on. Uh, the next item on our list is that Apex Legends is getting a limited time solo mode. Mm. Uh, and there's a bronze crown tournament or something that they're doing. So if you rank well in solos, it looks like you could get some kind of a cosmetic headpiece. Nice. That you can then hold over other players' heads as social currency to let them all know that you are the master scrub. And that you have no life. Just kidding. I don't. I haven't. I haven't actually played that game. I really need to, and I'm going to get into it. I promise. Yeah. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but Apex Legends is the only battle royale game that I actually like. I played a little bit of PUBG with our oldest brother. Um, what else was there? There. I didn't ever play H1Z1. I didn't. I played one game of Fortnite, and I couldn't handle how the guns handled. Oh no. Nope. I yeah, couldn't I deal I with how the it. guns were. Uh, it was bad. And I was terrible, and it was no fun. But for whatever reason, Apex, I'm bad at it, but it's still been really, really fun. So, huh. uh, so there you go. Bad, Solos bad mode. fun. I yeah, it. it's been bad fun. Uh, and that actually starts on the 13th, so it starts in six days from now. So next week, next Wednesday, or something like that, next Tuesday. It doesn't matter. 13th. 13th. August 13th. Got it. Uh, and then the last item on our agenda is that there was a video released today, right? Yeah, it was either yeah, it was today. I found on Twitter, linked back to a different different uh, gaming site that showed you about it. Yeah, so there was a video released today of Pokemon Sword and Shield. There was a big update. I know we did a whole episode on what we knew about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and it wasn't much at the time. But now we have the release date of November nineteenth of this year, which seems super duper soon. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and there was also some other stuff that was revealed. Tara, did you want to tell us some of the stuff that you found from the video? Yeah, some Galarian forms like Weezing. He now has like smokestacks or top hats. Right. He's Poison Fairy, and the annoying Zigzagoon now has a final evolution Ugh. in his Galarian form. <laughs> um, dark and normal, so it's four times weak to fighting. Oh my gosh. But his gosh. name is It looks pretty sick. Okay, yeah. He is the, the mighty badger. He's a huge badger. Uh, every time I saw Zigzagoon, I'd get mad because it's Why? just it's useless once you evolve it. Even there's right? no yeah. I mean, the... I know that a lot of Pokemon is actually catching them, and the fun part is catching it. Right. And, you know, it's not necessarily just making it the most powerful thing in the world. Right. But after catching that many and seeing that many in the world, I was hoping it'd be more powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, with this last that. one, what's it called again? What's the last form called? Obstagoon. Obstagoon. It turns badger style, and I hope it just goes right. goes ape s. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because you don't mess with badgers. No. We don't want no stinking badgers. We don't mess with badgers. No. <laughs> cool. And then what was the last Pokemon we saw that, that has sh- shifts forms? I, I think its name was Hapiko, an electric mouse just like Pikachu, but it switches forms. It goes yeah. from full to hangry. Yeah, right. It's, it's it I've gets... eaten recently to hangry. Yeah, right. So that's cool. They're adding in. We get a sneak peek at some of the stuff that they're adding in. And then we do see that there are going to be some originals that get different forms, like the Alolan forms that they had in Sun and Moon. So that's kind of cool. I like variations. I'm a collector by nature. Yes. Well, and and, and if you are, you'll. You, I know we talked a little bit about this event too. Mm-hmm. They're doing the the friend event right now as well, where um, if you 
get eggs from friends from gifts they look like two kilometer eggs but they're actually seven kilometer alohan eggs oh you're talking about pokemon go pokemon go okay correct. so i know it's i'm sorry i mix up the two because i keep thinking it's the same thing but it's not <laughs> um, so with, with that event that's going on too if you have those 2k eggs they'll hatch a 7k but they also have like shiny bonsleys like the pre-evolution oh. of oh, of the tree what's it uh pseudo wudo which you, i always yes. thought was, i always call him useless pseudo wudo because he just sits there and dances. That's true. But, right. uh, you know, so it's definitely a fun fun thing for Pokemon Go as well. Yeah, that's cool. We all have our roles to play. Some of us can defeat gods of the earth and sky <laughs> like Pikachu. <laughs> and then some of us just kind of go like this We're and make people little, happy little like little a pseudo Yeah, It's like a jelly tree. We all have our roles. <laughs> so as long with as that, you're happy, right? Yeah. That's going to end our news and information for this week. We're going to get right into talking about uh, talking with Tara about her writing. So uh, Tara and I more or less grew up together. We've been friends since like fourth grade. and one years. Yeah, right. Crazy. And one of the very first memories that I have of you is you telling me all about the Shepherd's Journal. Oh. And that was before Atlantis had, like before Disney had made Atlantis or like anything. I and we that. talked about it for like, you told me about it for like a whole field trip. And yes, that was the, the first time that I... That might have been one of the only times we ever talked about like books or writing for the next like ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but when did you start getting into writing? When did you start really getting into like uh, reading? I loved writing and reading when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my parents, they would get frustrated with me because I'd get new toys and I would just write stories about them instead of actually playing with them. Oh wow! Um, but then I moved right before I met you. Mm-hmm. And people tease me for writing, so I stopped. Ooh, and, that makes me so mad. Right? I wish I didn't because I would have been so much better off now. Because mm. as a teenager, I rediscovered it when I was about 16, 17. Okay. And it's just been a mudslide ever since. I wrote my first manuscript in two weeks after that. Wow. And it's just gone crazy. So how do you know how many titles you've published up to this point? Um, Funny you should mention that. Okay. Because... I do have a few other pen names I don't give myself credit for because okay. I don't want to be known for that work. Um, <laughs> but I have five books published right now. I'll mm-hmm. have to double check. I've I tried reformatting to build myself my author base a little bit differently. Okay. So I know of three at least right now, and then by the end of the year I'll have six. Oh, that's awesome! And you're on Amazon, Amazon right? You yes. have your own Amazon store. Okay. Uh, we'll make sure to put a link to that in the description of the podcast and. Awesome. And the video and stuff like that, so people can go find you if you want. But are you under Tara Kalunga there? Um, I'll be under T.S. Kalunga. Okay. And then also Shaylee Kalunga for a different genre of writing I'm doing. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of different genres you are writing, I want to just, like, take a little detour here. Tara told me a funny story today <laughs> um, about... Uh, the the life of a starving artist, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Oh yeah, oh. he has to go get down and dirty. Apparently, it seems like about five <laughs> or six years ago, I needed money, and I really didn't want to sell myself because that's frowned upon. Sure. So sure. I decided to sell my imagination. So I started writing erotica under a different pen name. Those are the books <laughs> okay. that I said I didn't want to be known for. There's 82 titles. Uh, under my belt for that oh my gosh um i stopped after i got invited to an erotica con in las vegas i'm like hmm, i should probably focus wow. on what i actually want to know <laughs> so so you want to be known for five but you've written 82 others oh yes something yes. like that wow that is amazing hey Thank but you. in a in a way 
once you get invited to an anything con for something that you're doing, like you made it. Oh so, yeah, yeah, it's great. Congratulations. I just wish I could take credit for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I I know some erotica subgenres, and before I explain this further, I'm on iFunny a lot. And that's okay, how thank, I know about thank this. Thank you for explaining. I wanted to not that I'm looking down upon your previous no, art. <laughs> but my older brother would probably judge me a little bit <laughs> just, if I started talking about all of these erotica subgenres that I know extensively and whatever. I don't. Wiki- First of all, hey, he's giving me a weird look. Wikipedia, man. What, uh, I mean, you <laughs> yeah, can learn right. anything. Uh, Urban Dictionary, right? Sure. There's a lot of outlets that you don't have to immerse yourself into. Speaking but, of which, do not do Urban Dictionary on random. That is the worst idea. Just, oh just, as, a, just as a little don't do it, as long as you're talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. yeah thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, anyway, so I'm on iFunny a lot, and I just know that furry erotica oh. is gigantic. Oh. Uh, and if you write for that, like, they eat that up. So what they kind of really subgenres do. did you really have a lot of success with? So I studied the market a lot. And so I learned that romance slash erotica sold the most. Just like general? Just general. Okay. But if you get into the weird kinks, yeah. you can make some pretty good money. So I've done a handful of the furry ones, believe it or not. Oh, wow. BDSM was very popular, especially after Fifty Shades of Grey. If yeah, thanks for nothing. Her, well, right? that shouldn't be it's not that hard. hard. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a second grader could do that. Oh, gosh. Don't want a second grader talking about BDSM. Yeah, okay. So let's... Different uh, subject. <laughs> back that bus up. And cut. Just <laughs> but... Um, yeah, just, I've written it all basically as odd as that might sound. Um, but the weirder the category, right. the more money you're probably going to make. And that seems odd to me just in, again, like, let me explain. Uh, that seems odd because you would think like the more specific, the more niche, like the smaller the market would be. You would think, right? Right. But that's interesting that like the more specific you get, so the there, more people There was want one that. point where I was just bored and I'm like, what should I write? And so I just had different scenarios and different characters and pulled names out of a hat. Mm-hmm. And one of the really popular ones was a biker meeting a mermaid. I mean, I don't know how that happens, but... Well, okay, color did. me intrigued, so, first of all. There you go. <laughs> I want to know... I mean, I don't need to know the whole story, but that is at least an interesting premise. Yeah, it wasn't an actual, like a like a human bike. It was like a biker... Yeah. Biker, that met, right? That Biker. Okay. Mer- okay. okay, I was yeah. thinking like a mechanical mermaid crossbreed. An- anthropomorphic <laughs> bicycle. There's a transformer out there, you know. It's a transformer. There could be. I mermaid. wouldn't be surprised if there was. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, right. So my original point was sometimes starving artists got to do what they got to do to make the money. Yeah. Get sometimes that, you got to make the money. Short of, short of selling yourself, congratulations. That, well, was, that was a good way to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was proud of myself for a minute. Well, I mean, and now you have this whole... Uh, this whole genre that you can draw experience from, maybe oh, yeah. not directly, but like, you know what I mean? You can kind of soften that up right around it oh, yeah. for it's, other publications. It's really right? taught me like the ebook market, how to go about marketing myself yeah. and how to go through the flood of books on there. So okay. yeah, it was a good yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. but it was a different experience. I'm sure that's not one that most people have. No. So believe it, believe it or not, I have uh, an ex-girlfriend who I will not name, but you know of. Okay. Uh, that started writing erotic fiction. Okay. Um, and has since published a few books. I haven't really looked into it a ton, but I know she's published several books. Mm-hmm. Goes under a different name now, you know, for for writing purposes. Yeah, but right. It looks looks like she's done pretty well for herself writing those those books that she's done too. So it's not while it's not extremely popular, it's funny that I know of someone else that's also done it. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I don't know a lot of people that write erotic uh, 
So it's interesting to hear about, if nothing else, from like a purely academic standpoint. So in a couple of the writing groups I'm from, mm-hmm. uh, a couple, of, quite a few authors have actually said they've written some erotica just under a different name. So odds are you've probably read somebody's that you know of. Oh, that okay. So that's a good point. Is I mean, is it then pretty common for authors to have written some erotica at some point? Is it because like it's the the market? I think is so. The, I think you know, it depends on the market. Though, but it kind of seems that way. Hmm. Well, two out of three podcasters know somebody <laughs> that writes. Well, erotica. I mean, three out of three. Well, that's true. Because you have to also you know yourself. <laughs> it's true. Hey, that's like you know, good good author practice, right? Yeah. Uh, that kind of gets us into our next topic, which is. Um, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Tara is transgender. So I just wanted to talk briefly about how your transition has affected your writing because your transition is a relatively newer thing, right? It's just in the last couple years. Yeah. So um, it took me a long time to think of this question, actually, and, mm-hmm. or this answer. And honestly, my writing is a little bit more, maybe not, for lack of a better term, emotional. Okay. And then there's a lot more happy endings. Hey, I'm not okay. as p- depressed anymore, so there's no more death. That's good. No, so that's bad innuendo right there. I caught that. <laughs> I was, no, I, I, I was I, shaking I was... my head at, at Hanson Jay like, don't. I was refusing to comment. Don't worry. No, but that's <laughs> on a, a, only in the erotic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on a real note, that actually makes me very glad that uh, you can see the shift in your writing because I think that tells a lot about your mentality, right? And right. you're just like overall. Uh, perception of the world and your now, like your mental health now that you've kind of yeah, it's not all doom and gloom anymore. Which no, you're right. Which nobody wants. So that's really really cool. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you. Um. So you so you have found that your writing was affected by your mental state. Oh, it totally was. Oh yeah. Um, I have my portfolio in front of me, and a lot of it is concerned about death. And then my newer writing is actually more like life and rebirth rather than the the terrible, huh. terrible oh, okay. fate at the end. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's I really, awesome. I really like that. I was going to say, I was going to say something and then I forgot, but that's okay because that was a great, that was a great question. Um, what other things influence your writing, do you think? What, what um, TV shows, movies, other books, music do you think you draw inspiration from? Honestly, everywhere. Yeah. If, if you don't get inspiration from everything, then you're probably not doing it right. But and that you, makes sense. You can't really go hunting for the inspiration, though. It has to hit you, or at least in my experience. Um, music, that's the easiest to connect with. Mm-hmm. Just hearing a note or hearing a name just pops a story into my head. Um, I really get inspiration from other fantasy and horror stories. Okay. Um, I just like putting my own spin on some of them. But that's where I get it from. But I even got an inspiration from a stapler with googly eyes once. Hey. And so. I like that. Sounds like my kind of story. It, was, it, was, <laughs> I, it won me $100 for my last job. Uh, Is short that story what that contest. was? I didn't, I didn't ever hear what the short story was, but I did know that you were in a short story contest. I've been in four short story contests, oh, okay. and I'm going to read one of them actually today. Hey, so. sweet, sweet, now, sweet, sweet. Did the color of the stapler make a difference? Like if it was like a red swing line versus like a, you know, a, just a black one from Staples, like do you imagine where it grew up and things like that? Or Sometimes that actually does go into effect, yeah, believe <laughs> it or not. Um, it was just a standard black stapler, but I have seen like a striped squirrel up at Bridalville Falls up mm-hmm. in Orem. And that's giving me different inspiration than a different squirrel. So, there you go. 
I know we're not talking about me. This episode is mostly focused on you, but I just I can relate with where you can pull information from and how like one thing can lead oh, into yeah. a whole story. Uh, and Tara and I have talked a lot about our writing in the past, not so much recently because I don't do as much of it, but I've been working on this fantasy adventure novel for like freaking 10 years and it's slowly really getting fleshed out and it's kind of crazy, but I'll listen to music and I'll just like have, uh, imagery pop into my head that like, oh man, I want to make a note of that so that I can, so I can weave that into my story. Like I was listening to one song and the line was uh, blood in the cut, uh-huh. but I thought it said blood in the cup. And so now that turned into this whole um, like blood magic cult that I've added into my novel called The Sanguine Chalice. Oh my. That's just awesome. from, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just like snowballed in this cool yeah. thing. And you get so excited when the inspiration just like blooms from something small. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, I, one of my inspiration, I was just watching on history the. Um, forging show. I can't remember what it's called now, but they're blacksmiths and they have to forge. Oh, Forge and Fire. Yeah. I love that show. And I was just wondering to myself, like, what happens if they kind of like hurt themselves while they're forging? What would happen? And that inspired a whole different magical form for me in my fantasy novels called Blood Metal, where a wizard and a blacksmith work together to form some powerful object. That sounds super cool. There you go. That sounds really, really cool. Um, So... I mean, I did talk about how like ideas and concepts kind of evolve over time with with me on a very amateur level. But how has your writing evolved over time? Because I'm sure you have a pretty good record of your early stuff or even early concepts of novels that you've oh, worked yeah. on and mold over. And so I mentioned earlier that I wrote my first manuscript in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just moved recently and I found it again. Whoa! And it was very crazy reading that because I. I didn't realize how much I've changed or how much I've grown as an author since then. My vocabulary has changed a little bit. It's become more broad or in a sense. And that terrible that sentence was terrible for an author. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, um, I know bigger words. <laughs> now I know big word. I yes. used to know small word, now no big. <laughs> but all in all, like just everything. Like I I I think about the characters more instead of me just wanting them to do this. They're actual characters for me now. They're people. What would they actually do? How can I manipulate them to get to the point B that I need them at? Right, right, right. Because you can't just have these uh, bland characters that are just exposition vehicles because that's not interesting. Because then you get, I mean, like, I don't want to trash Aragon. But that's really what he feels like a lot of the times. Like, his conversations are just... They're just there for exposition. They're just there for the reader. You're totally right. Yeah. And um, I've actually been reading Animal Farm recently. That's that book you read when you were like five years old, right? No, 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 no. This is the George Orwell <laughs> Animal Farm, the oh, okay. um, uh, allegorical simile on Stalinism in the 1940s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the cow goes moo, but he uses... Um, he uses animal stereotypes as representations for the characters, whereas human characters have have had whole lives up to that point and events that have happened that have shaped them psychologically and 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 direct their motivations. And it, you have to have characters that are just so complex, or they or they really feel one dimensional. Oh yeah, it's true. Um, that's why I really like writing like evil characters mm-hmm. because seems like there's a lot more dimension 
But right. when you can get that with your main character or some mm-hmm. of the secondary characters, mm-hmm. you know you're onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an exciting feeling too, right? I I love a complex villain or like a villain whose motive I can understand. Right. And that makes them so much more interesting. Uh, original Star Wars trilogy Darth Vader was super cool, but I didn't understand him like as a character. Uh, now having like the prequels and all of the Clone Wars stuff and whatever that's come out that's you know you see his path more it makes original trilogy Darth Vader so much more interesting on a you know character level it's hmm. true it's like a lot more poetic now because yeah. you understand him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's uh I'm even uh, even like Voldemort or what are some other I mean I'm, I'm kind of blanking on other villains I can't uh one of I guess one of my more uh, favorite ones is Hades, uh, in Disney characters, but also oh, there you go. also Scar. Just there's, there's yeah, Scar is a good one, right? Uh-huh. Just because you can see, I mean, you think he wants one thing and really he wants another, or it's you know there's there's a lot more. It's more complex than it looks. I should say it's not so one directional where or one dimensional for me where it's like the hero is just he's good. Right. And, but with villains, it's like they're so complicated. And even yeah. when we did, uh, Ev and I were in a, a, a Hunchback in Notre Dame this last mm-hmm. last summer, not this one. And to see Frollo and how complex he was and that emotional element, that, that actual human element to a complete monster that you saw really elevated that character. Mm-hmm. So who are some of your favorite villains or favorite, I don't know, even protagonists or characters that have just kind of... Currently, my favorite protagonist is Captain Jack Randall from the Outlander series. Okay. I started reading those books. I'm not sure if you'd like it. It's kind of the historical fiction sci-fi romance. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm actually super into sci-fi. A nurse from who just finished World War II, she accidentally falls back in time, and she falls in love with an Outlander in Scotland, and her husband in present day has an ancestor back then in Scotland and actually rapes her and like just does terrible, terrible things. And so it just, it's a huge mind thing with her. Mm-hmm. And they've just, she's Diana Gabaldon, the author. She's written the characters so well that you really hate these characters of the protagonist and you really love the main characters, wow. but you understand them. So you hate that you actually care for them too. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. See, you're adding layers and dimension to characters. Exactly. And thereby, even though you understand, like, even understanding them and hating them, you like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but right. you, you get them. It's what them. you love to hate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really, really cool. Uh, I know you mentioned that you brought a sample of your writing. Would you be, would you be okay to share some of that with us? Of course. Good. If you All don't right. mind hearing my voice. Story time. All right. Go for it. So this one, as I said, it was part of the, a short story contest that I won. It's called One Cold Night. And I'll just start. The moonless night grew colder. The breath could be seen of those who walked by and the nearest street lamp had burned out, leaving the area in darkness. It didn't help that I was in the bad part of town, from drug runners, sex workers, and thieves to murderers and rapists prowled these streets. But tonight it was quiet. The chill air chased everyone inside, and those who were left, those who had nowhere to go, sat in the darkness. They shivered, wishing for warmth, but unable to find any. The sudden cold caught everyone off guard. No one had time to prepare for this freezing night. A handful of the homeless managed to find their ways to shelters. Others pretended to be customers in cafes. One particular man sat next to a dumpster. He had nowhere to go, hadn't for quite some time. He was forgotten, 
left alone to his own devices upon the city streets. He had claimed this dumpster, his home long ago, its contents, its surroundings, all his. It wasn't much, but it was something. He would watch as people walked by, ignoring him. He had given up pleading for help. He was on his own now. On this night, however, he received a visitor. A tall woman with a slender build walked down the street. She wasn't wearing anything revealing or suggestive, just a pair of slacks and a button-up shirt underneath a long buttoned-up trench coat. No one paid any mind to her as she made her way to the homeless man. Those who stared at her felt a shiver run down their spine. She wasn't ugly. In fact, she was quite beautiful. Long, dark hair that glimmered as she walked underneath the street lamp. Her green almond eyes seemed, seemed to glow with confidence. She didn't wear a smile but a smirk, as if she knew the secret one tries so desperately to keep. The only questionable feature she had was how thin she was. Every bone could be seen as if skin was stretched over her body and then vacuumed tightly across. But as she walked with confidence, very few noticed her anorexic frame, and soon it was just her on the streets. She made her way into the darkness, toward the old homeless man. He wasn't aware of her presence as she appeared at the end of the alleyway. He was shivering harder now. It had gotten, a lot, it had gotten colder a lot faster than expected. The man refused to move. He was balled up, leaning against his dumpster, blowing air into his hands. Hello, Alfred, the woman said as she approached him. Not a sound was heard as she had come toward him. The man jumped. Not from her presence, but by what she said. No one had called him by his name in years. Do, do I know you? He stammered through clattering teeth. The woman shook her head. No, but I do know you. I've met your wife, Hannah, and your son, Thomas. I have greeted them just as I greet you now. Alfred nodded, scratching his bushy gray beard with one hand. I haven't heard those names in a long time. Tell me, how are they? Good, the woman said, anxious to see you again. I miss them. Alfred sighed. A single tear welled up and streaked down his cheek. I know, the woman sighed. She sat down beside Alfred and held his hand. Her icy touch startled Alfred, but he gripped her tight. I have to ask Alfred, why? Why what? Why this? She asked, gesturing to the alleyway. Why live in a dumpster? Why stay out in this cold? I don't deserve much else, Alfred sighed. That's nonsense, the woman replied, squeezing his hand. I've met a lot of people, I've seen terrible things, and I know you don't deserve this, but they, didn't de but they didn't deserve what happened, what I did, Alfred retorted. The woman shook her head, no, but it was an accident. It doesn't mean you have to punish yourself for the rest of your life. Yes, it does, Alfred, Alfred responded with a growl. I don't even deserve this dumpster. Your soul has punished you enough, Alfred, the woman said, and you don't deserve all this torment. I do. Alfred shouted. If it wasn't for me, they would still be here. All of them. Maybe. Maybe not, the woman replied. It was silent now. Neither of them spoke a word. Alfred gripped tight of the woman's hand, shivering even more now. The woman sat still in the darkness. She watched Alfred shake and convulse from tears. It was like a floodgate had opened, and it streamed down the old man's face, getting clogged in his beard before trickling to the ground. The wind howled, and the icy air grew heavier. Every day I think about that night, Alfred sobbed. I know the woman said calmly. What I could have done differently, what I shouldn't have done, if I had just listened to her, if I had just waited 20 seconds, everything would be different. You can drive yourself mad thinking about what ifs, the woman said. It was a tragic night, and since then I noticed you have, haven't driven a car or even rode on a bus. Alfred shook his head. No, I walk. I walked. Until I found here, the worst part of town and the darkest spot where I deserve to be. The woman sighed. I know you are sorry for what happened, and that is why I am here instead of someone else. Alfred stared at her confused, a glint of hope in his eyes. What do you mean? Alfred, it is time to go home. 
The woman replied. She got to her feet, brushed herself off, and held out her hands. Alfred took both and hoisted himself up. He wobbled but regained his balance. The woman tilted her head toward the road and jerked it. Alfred recognized the signal and turned. Two figures stood in the entryway to the alley of his dumpster, a small boy holding the hand of a young woman with golden hair. He knew instantly who they were and sobbed once more. That's... The woman nodded. Go to them. It's time. Alfred hobbled forward one step at a time. He soon built up speed and was running towards the two. He shouted as he got to them, holding the two. I can't believe it, he cried. The three stood there, holding one another, not noticing the cold of this world. The golden-haired woman smiled at Alfred and she broke off their hug. Let's go home, my love. She kissed him on the cheek and took his hand, the small boy on the other side of Alfred. The woman in the alleyway watched the three disappear into the darkness. A moment later, a police car pulled up to the alleyway. An officer stepped out and shone a light from his car down the dark and dead end. Hello? he asked, not noticing the woman. She didn't give an answer. The officer walked down the alleyway to the dumpster. He looked down and noticed Alfred, frozen to the bone. He checked for a pulse, but there was none. The woman smiled and turned to leave. The last she heard was the officer apologizing to Alfred for not arriving sooner. Oh, wow. Very, very intriguing. Wow. Thank you. That was quite the surprise ending. I wasn't expecting yeah. that for sure. That was great. Thank you for sharing that with of us. I love those twist endings. So yeah, yeah, if you read yeah. my work, that's what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. uh, so what genres do you publish uh, under T.S. Kalunga and Shayla Kalunga? T.S. Kalunga will be fantasy. Okay. And Shaylee Kalunga is horror. Oh, okay. All right. So once again, on Amazon, right under those under those two yes. names. Um, Shaylee Kalunga isn't published yet. She that book should be coming out by Tuesday next week. Oh wow, that's super so soon. Okay, that one's called The Sinking of My Soul. I okay. told you about it. Yes, I remember um, that. And I read some of it, and it was really really great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get back to you, but it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's a suicide letter from a man who accidentally invited the devil into his home. And got well, cursed you know, from it. Yeah, like you do. Of, of course. As one was, as one does. So awesome. All right. So once again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, yeah, we're uh, our podcast is on all major podcast platforms. We come out of Anchor, so we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on all kinds of stuff. And then you can find our web shows on our uh, YouTube community channel, The Hometown Heroes. So I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight. I am Captain Spartacus. I am Handsome Jay. And I am Tara Kalunga. And we'll see you guys next time.